A parent recently asked how best they could support their 12-year-old. You see, their 12-year-old boy had disclosed to them that he thinks that he likes boys. The 12-year-old had just recently started high school. The first thing I would say to those parents is congratulations. You should be very proud of yourself and your child that there was a situation where the child felt brave enough to be able to tell you what is happening for him. Welcome to Talking the Talk Healthy Sexuality Conversations. I'm Vanessa Hamilton. This is the podcast that is going to encourage and support you to be the main sex and sexuality educator for your child. Do you want to feel confident and comfortable to have healthy and positive conversations about sex and sexuality with children so that you will be the first person who educates them about each topic? This podcast will provide you with surprisingly simple and effective actionable tips to clear the fears and uncertainty around essential sexuality conversations with kids. Each episode, I'll answer questions from parents and cover a variety of different topics. As a bonus, you might just get that sexuality education you missed out on when you were growing up. So as my tagline says, let's get started. It's easier than you think. Just a word of warning regarding the content. This podcast is not suitable for children. At times, it may contain explicit themes, including sexual themes, sexual abuse, and other adult conversations. Mostly, it'll be fun, informative, and insightful, but at the same time, please be sure to pause and take a breather or check in with your usual supports if any sensitive content brings up difficult thoughts or feelings for you. A parent recently asked how best they could support their 12-year-old. You see, their 12-year-old boy had disclosed to them that he thinks that he likes boys. The 12-year-old had just recently started high school. The first thing I would say to those parents is congratulations. You should be very proud of yourself and your child that there was a situation where the child felt brave enough to be able to tell you what is happening for him. Obviously, it could be quite scary for many, but it's a very necessary conversation and children need support. I worry about the children out there who don't feel safe or don't have an adult, they, they can talk to about how they're feeling. So you should pat yourself on the back uh, in the first place. You're already supporting your child by providing an environment in your house where they are able to talk about that openly with you. However, I'm sure well, you might still be feeling uh, what many parents and families may feel initially when their child talks to them about something related to LGBTIQ. Uh, a previous podcast episode covers what the definition of LGBTIQ, um, those letters, although it's very, very broad and very d- unique for each person. But many parents and families are really underprepared for hearing about this from their children. And sometimes some of the responses can be related to even shock and disbelief, fear and anger, grief or shame, and especially dependent on the parent's thoughts, upbringing, past experience about these issues. Uh, The fact that your child was able to talk to you tells me that you obviously have openness in your household and the child feels that it's okay to tell you about it. So some parents feel quite alone in this or that 
the world has suddenly been turned upside down. And I think this happens because parents lack education about human sexuality and therefore are never really well prepared enough to understand that their child might disclose to them that they are something other than uh, heterosexual, so attracted in a male to female way, or that they might be something other than cisgender. Cisgender is when someone's gender matches their sex assigned at birth. Um, There's so many variations of people's unique human sexuality and our current society um, doesn't talk about all of the different versions and unique versions. And also people don't associate human sexuality with children. But if you think about it, um, it, it's it's typical, typically expected behaviour and development for a child to be aware of who they are sexually or romantically attracted to um, at this age. And so really my aim is to get parents to be ready and prepared for uh, your child's uniqueness and that they may disclose to you something related to who they're attracted to or how they're uh, what their gender is or or their expression. You see, most adults um, combined with this lack of sexuality education, in this world that we live in, most people assume that everyone's heterosexual and cisgender. Um, and that's often because the majority of people we know and meet identify that way. But, you know, to be honest, lots of people probably hide their... Uh, their diversity, because it isn't a safe place in our world uh, to disclose. A recent study found of students aged 15 to 18 around Australia, a large number of students, and again, I talk about it in the podcast previous to this one, indicate some level of attraction to the same or multiple genders. So 35% of students. So 35% of students in, in this large study um, did not identify as being exclusively heterosexual. So for parents to be informed um, and educated and ready to be able to respond in a positive way to their children's uniqueness is really, really important. So what can you do to support your child in these situations? Well, number one is respond positively. Be loving, supportive and provide information. Give them a hug, provide love and say thanks for telling me. Tell them how proud of everything about them. Um, You're proud of everything about who they are. You're proud of them for telling you. And then you can ask them what they need from you. Let them know you're here to support them. This gives you, this this, um, opportunity gives you an, an, an opportunity to be more loving and closer with your child than perhaps you ever have before. But take the time to process what it means for you and what it means for them. There's no rush to do anything. You do need to be aware of their safety. We'll talk about that in a minute. When you're ready, do some reading, talk to others in your situation, do some research and get some support. So we know that um, by being positive and accepting, that's one of the most important things you can do for your child because research shows that rejecting behaviours by parents can really increase negative well-being for these young people. Uh, including high levels of um, depression, mental health and suicidal um, behaviour. So it can be very scary and risky for a lot of children uh, because they don't know how people will respond. 
And children will have been picking up your language, everything that you have spoken about in regard to LGBTIQ, whether you've responded to uh, an, an article on the news or something in the paper or conversation about relatives or friends, they're picking up on your um, approach to, <coughs> excuse me, an acceptedness of LGBTIQ. So they're hoping for a positive response from you uh, and regardless of what your action, your reaction is, it will have an impact on them. From there on, you need to find a middle ground, a ground for planning and talking to them about it in the future. So um, ask them what they want to do. So say from here while we're learning more about it and I'm supporting you, when do you want to talk about it? Should we make a specific time to talk about it or shall I just bring it up at, at certain times? Um, don't ignore it and never speak again, but you don't want to speak about it all the time e- either. So while you're all coming to terms with uh, managing the disclosure and learning as much as you can and building that closeness and those lines of communication, it's important to respect your child's confidentiality. And um, something I would recommend to people in my experience of 25 years of sexuality conversations with people is don't talk to other people uh, just by by reaction because you're stressed or worried or you feel like you need to outpour it to someone else. You need to just be very uh, careful about who you talk to. Um, and, and, and the priority about that is, is the confidentiality of your child and letting them set the pace when it comes to telling others. Um, so educating your family um, and, and close friends uh, will be something that's important, but letting the child take the lead on how this is going to happen is really um, relevant. So, you know, coming out and disclosures of their LGBTIQ um, to families is is a really important part of a young person's healthy development. And when I'm talking about, remember when I'm talking about sexuality and human sexuality, I'm not talking about sex. This is not about sex. We're talking about attraction and sexual orientation here. Um, and that's typically expected development of behaviour uh, in these teen years. So in the long term, it can really reduce the stress associated with worrying about future rejection if the young person has um, talked about it much earlier. If you think about it in the past when people were only able to disclose much later on in life, they've spent many, many years worrying about it and feeling unsafe potentially. So, uh, But on the flip side, the short-term effects of disclosure can include um, added stress because some family will uh, – there will be some conflict – and social isolation. Um, so uh, this is a time when I've said to Mary, many parents, you need to accept the fact that there will be some family, friends and relatives who won't be accepting. And you need to be really clear on how you're going to approach this. And unfortunately, it might really be a time when people show their true colours. And sometimes you will have to let them go um, if it means um, supporting your child instead. So, you know, one of the biggest things that people worry about, they fear for the safety of their child. Um, and and it, look, let's be honest, there are people out there who will cause harm. I received an email last week from someone who um, follows my things all the time but was worried that I was too uh, focused on gender ideology and all sorts of other ridiculous concepts around um, childhood diversity 
uh, human sexual diversity. And, you know, I haven't responded yet because uh, – <laughs> why? <laughs> because my time is better spent educating people on um, – the fact that humans are diverse and the fact that you don't have to understand it. And if you don't understand it, that's okay, but you do have to respect other people. And what makes me furious is people emailing me and saying things like that and, and just so ignorant that they are causing harm to young people. You know, that person's like, oh, thank you so much for your work and you're really helpful for my children. And then they go on with this discriminatory um, rhetoric that they've – cut and paste from websites because I've seen it before and they forgot to change the font. You know, I've heard it all before and I won't tolerate it. I will just not tolerate this disrespect towards human diversity, especially for young people. They need our support. You don't have to agree with it. It may not be, um, uh, may not fit with your values or your religion or, or, or your teachings. And, and, and to be honest, if, if, if you're if – you're, faith or culture or um, a political background is based on discriminating people for their diversity when human sexuality diversity exists, then I would say that you really need to um, reflect on that and think about how that best suits you as a person in our society who respects everyone. And most importantly, if you're a parent, if you are a parent, your child may be attracted to the same or multiple genders. Your child's gender may not match that sex that was assigned at birth or the dominant social norm of either of those. And if you reject your child, they are at much higher risk of mental health and adverse health outcomes. So my call to parents is have a think about how we've been going along in our society. Think about discrimination and think about where you sit with supporting and loving and respecting other people but especially your child. So, uh, as I said, young youth who are LGBTIQ do face heightened risks of numerous mental and physical health dangers, um, including depression, suicidality, substance abuse, psychological distress, low self-esteem, etc. And that's related to how other people treat them, not to do with their um, LGBTIQ status. Um, So... We need to help support our children to survive and learn and grow stronger and um, be able to uh, be confident. Uh, And unfortunately, you will have to warn them about unsafe situations and for them to listen to their gut. And, you know, I say to kids, if anyone makes you feel unsafe and gives you your early warning signs, and I've taught kids their early warning signs from a young age, um, if you're if you feel funny in the gut or you feel unsafe, you need to get away from that situation. And I've said to kids, you don't need to be polite to adults if they're making you feel unsafe. If there's something you have to say that's not polite to get away from an adult or to stop them speaking to you in that way, then you, you can do that. You're allowed to do that. So um, just a little bit of um, thinking about attraction and and the diversity of what what children may um, disclose as their uh, Sexual orientation or attraction, there's heterosexual is commonly the term used for male to female attraction. Homosexual is commonly the term for attraction to the same gender. And keeping in mind that genders can are not just uh, male or female, there's also gender diverse, gender fluid, transgender. So when we say um, that someone might be bisexual, for example, and they're attracted to two genders or more, uh, that could be that they're attracted to males and they could be attracted to gender-fluid people. 
Um, asexuality is when people don't experience sexual desire or intent at all and pansexual is being attracted to a person regardless of their gender identity, their gender expression and their and their sexual orientation. So as you can see, it's quite complex, but what I've seen from families who support their children is that they research, they read, and they suddenly realise that there's this whole world of sexuality, human sexuality, information and diversity that should be celebrated and it's unique and it has always been this way, but our current society isn't uh, set up for talking about it and educating each other and being inclusive and loving about it. So um, you and your family now have the opp- opportunity to to do that, but your number one priority is is your child. And then there, well, I say to I say to people when they, if you get a feel a bit overwhelmed about um, a, a big a big issue that can be. Uh, complex and there are people who don't understand it is just to think about if you're thinking globally act locally so just really focus in on your little world and support your child and your family and then your um, the people around you the, your children's peers the peers parents um, your fa- um, your your extended family your extended friends the school and do as much as you can as far as educating and um, improving the lives of everyone around your child because if they become more accepting and more educated they will help other children that they know as well to get more information and support uh, on this topic and for your family you can go to my website, www.talkingthetalksexed.com.au, go to the resources tab and in the link library, uh, if you sign up to the newsletter, you'll get the password for the link library. There's about 20 to, uh, 20 to 25 links there for families for information that uh, regarding uh, supporting uh, children and um, lots of information about LGBTIQ. And also podcast number 10, I cover a lot of it in that one as well. So hopefully this helps. It's just a, it's just a, a little introduction to getting families ready and accepting that children around them are diverse and unique and we should celebrate them all.